everyone. Welcome to another episode of Breaking the Ceiling, a place where we get to know the entrepreneurs behind the brands. Today, I have somebody very special with me. These are two uh, individuals, husband and wife dynamic duo, that have changed the perception of high-quality brands in the country. They are the ones who introduced one of the best sados in the country. They've sold a million plus sados in India. And they are literally the brand that my kids will not have food without. Please welcome the co-founders and husband and wife uh, from Baker's Dozen, uh, Aditi Handa and Snejan. Welcome to Breaking the Ceiling. Hi, Ashwin. Thank you, Ashwin. Hey. Thank you for having us. Uh, and it's an absolute pleasure. So, by the way, when I say my kids are fans, I've been a fan right since uh, the day you guys opened up. And uh, so, I, your, one of your first stores was in Prabha Devi. Like, I remember them yeah. being in Prabha Devi and I've kind of lived around there my whole life. So uh, I, I remember that that bakery shop kind of how you look and feel and the products that you had were fantastic. So before we jump into Baker's Dozen, I would love to know the story of you. So Aditi, let me start with you. Uh, tell me about your life before Baker's Dozen and how you and Sneha met. I would love to get to know y'all a little better. So I was actually studying uh, psychology in England and I was back home one summer and that's how I met Sneha. He was at that point uh, doing his uh, MBA from IIM Ahmedabad and my father who is a professor of entrepreneurship on IIM Ahmedabad campus happened to be his professor. So that's how uh, we ended up meeting. It was very, very strange but uh, clearly quite eventful. Uh, when I finished my education, I came back in the year 2009 and the first project or the first venture I took up was to put up a college merchandise store on the IIM Ahmedabad campus. So right from conceptualizing, uh, coming up with the product, uh, it, it, this was supposed to be very similar to the kind of merch, college merchandise store you would find in Harvard or Boston. And uh, it was also fun because, you know, you could you had this plethora to do what you felt like, right? You design the store, you design the products, uh, mm -hmm. you actually uh, bring it uh, into operations. And once we kind of stabilized it and made it operationally profitable, we gave it back to the institute as a uh, part of uh, my dad's uh, alumni contribution to the place. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, that well, was... I didn't know that. That's brilliant. So, I'm from UT Austin, right? And I always missed having that kind of stores where, you know, they, they have all yeah. merchandise with a... So, UT Austin has this color called the burnt orange <laughs> and it has a hook of horns or the long horn, which is a symbol. So, when I came back from US, like half my clothes had, were like burnt orange and had... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the long ones, but I never saw that in India. So I'm glad you actually started yeah. that. I think that's that's brilliant. That's exactly that was my inspiration because when I was in England, I used to collect souvenirs, whether it was from colleges or even when you're traveling. You know, you go to Paris, you go to London, you buy these little miniatures. And I said, why don't we have any of this in India? So it was more like a hobby which I had, which kind of translated into a business at some mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then how did you move from there to? Uh, what did you do after that? So, um, once the store was up and running and we, uh, we transferred, that's, it was more or less at the same time in Sneha and we got married and then I moved to Bombay. And we actually moved to Canada for about 7-8 months uh, because he was on a project with McKinsey at that point. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it's during that point where both of us said, let's give up the old parts of our life and let's get together to start a new business. So that's how Baker's Dozen in a way got conceptualized. Awesome. So Sneha, tell me a little bit about you before Baker's Dozen. So, uh, Ashwin, actually, you know, my life till 2012 was a classic middle class, uh, you know, story of India, right? So, parents were do parents are doctors. Uh, I had to either become a doctor or an engineer. 
So, you know, uh, then I said uh, there should at least be one patient in the house. So I decided to become an engineer. Uh, did that, uh, went, did my MBA from I am Ahmedabad, uh, got uh, selected into McKinsey, did the classic consultant job for two and a half years. And then I think that's when reality strikes, right? You said, I can't work on another presentation anymore. Uh, and and that's when uh, that's when the switch happened. Uh, actually, just to add to Aditi's point, you know, we always so our meeting story is actually just like literally five words or something. It is five point someone of Chetan Bhagat plus two states. So if you, you know, if you literally combine those two, so you know there are scenes in two states where, for example, our parents met at my convocation. Are you serious? Yeah. And, and, you know, it is a classic, you know, two different uh, religions, though they were all on board in this case. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, we're like, we should charge for copyright. Seriously. Yeah. So, uh, so, but anyway, was doing, was with McKinsey and then, uh, you know, uh, there was this, I still remember, uh, you know, consulting has a lot of these, they keep doing a lot of personal development programs, right? Uh, and there was one, um, uh, you know, there was one program where they told us, they gave us a lot of Lego blocks. And they told us, make what you want to be or you see yourself doing in three years, five years time. And they gave us Lego blocks of, of, you know, variety, right? And I actually ended up making a factory with chimneys. You know, so I, I, I don't know, you know, how and when, but it was literally, you know, you have this one of those science project factories, uh-huh. right? Uh, and then you have a chimney and all of that, right? Uh, and and there were there were quite cool cars in front in the parking and all of that, right? So, and then when they asked, what is this? And I said, you know, it's it's my factory. And, and at that time, I think uh, there was a realization that, uh, so I wanted to build something um, and, and it had to be something tangible or, you know, touch and feel to the product. Uh, and that's actually immediately, I think next week is when I resigned and, uh, and moved out of McKinsey. So it's, it's interesting how a uh, thought building exercise made you like I don't think it, that was the aim of the exercise. I think they just wanted us to become better consultants. So, yeah. Uh, I'm very sure after that, there was a rethunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. So uh, how did you all, uh, you know, say, how did you come up with the idea of uh, a bakery or creating products, food products? So actually, uh, you know, it was it was a uh, it was very basic uh, first principles Ashwin in our case. So when we uh, both of us in 2012, you know, around the same time, we said that we want to now look at doing something entrepreneurial, uh, and we actually listed down sectors. So we said, you know, there is food. So I'm a I'm a pharmaceutical engineer. So pharma came very naturally to me. Uh, you know, there was food, there was, we did, we did like the classic roti, kapda, makan, you know, what is recession proof, all of that, right? Uh, but that's when one discussion happened and both of us felt that food was an area of passion. Uh, Aditi is obviously, you know, and she can add to that, is more passionate from the actual taste and product point of view. While my passion was completely in making the brand, uh, right? And food kind of fit that bill. Um, and within food, we felt if you look at the bakery industry, Ashwin, even even today in India, to be honest, um, you know, there's not a very single national brand. You have your Britannias of the world and all, but that's still more biscuits, uh, you know, more cookies, things like that. But it's not classic bread. You have a lot of local favorites. I grew up having bibs 
right uh, so you know there are a lot of these local uh, guys but you don't have anybody who's at a national level and especially on the premium side of the segment uh and that's where we felt bakery was an uh, was an interesting gap all right and uh, so aditi how did you decide like this like bakery and i'm going to be creating products when he's going to do this how, how did that kind of come so actually to be honest uh, i kind of always knew that i would do a business or be an entrepreneur i used to always joke you know that no one's going to ever hire me so i have no other option but to start on my own um Having said that, when we decided that let's start a bakery, uh, we felt none of us come from a culinary background, so we felt very strongly that at least one of us needs to be trained technically. Mm-hmm. That was quite uh, central to the way we wanted to conduct the business, and we found this uh, dedicated bread baking program in New York. And I went there uh, not really with the intention to learn; it was like let's be one of those well-informed managers. It was it was quite superficial at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. But once I went there, and once I started my classes, and I remember it was I think the fifth day of me baking, and I was baking a French sourdough. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I knew that the whole purpose of my life, the purpose of my being, was to bake bread, not even to sell it. Honestly, I would couldn't be bothered whether we sell it or not. I just wanted to bake bread, oh. and uh, that was like a very spiritual experience. And you know, and I said, okay. Baker is my purpose in life. I wrote to my family saying that when I come back, we're going to start a bakery. But this bakery is only going to make the best and most authentic bread and nothing else. So, Aditi, how did you uh, come up with the name Baker's Dozen? So, I, I actually, if I remember right, I think the name uh, finding the name was something that's needed. If I remember uh, correctly, we were shortlisting lots of names, and uh, the branding agency we had on board, and they were helping us with it, and. Uh, When the name Baker's Dozen came up, and a dozen for a Baker's Dozen it means thirteen and not twelve, uh, we took it as a symbol of uh, going the extra mile, uh, giving going a little bit overboard, not just in your product but in your philosophy and the way you present yourself. So I always uh, tell people that one of the best gifts he's ever given me is literally the name Baker's Dozen. <laughs> the best gift. Ashwin, Ashwin, quite a quite a cheap gift to give, na initially. <laughs> I know. I was like, really, that's the best gift. I said, I think I, I don't no, quite as no, I don't get it as well. <laughs> I need to learn from Sneha a little bit. So, uh, I I love the name. I love uh, you know how you guys have presented yourself. But I'm very sure that uh, you know now you all have reached a certain size and you know you are growing faster. But uh, Sneha, tell me a little bit about the challenges that you faced when you all started. So, uh, one big thing, Ashwin, was uh, we were almost creating the market, right? Uh, that you know bread even in 2013 when we started literally most of india was still waking up to multigrain right uh, white bread was common brown bread was something which had kind of become a fad in a way and you know multigrain was far fetched uh, and here we were coming with you know handmade sourdough loaves uh, with french sounding names and you know things like that so it took a lot of time for us to educate people uh involved a lot of door to door sampling talking to customers uh, so aditi and me have personally literally entire prabhadevi area you know all the complexes that are there uh so we used to find people living in those complexes through contacts tell them that please send a mail in your group and get us entry into the uh, this and in the morning at at 7 o'clock aditi and me would go to each and every house and just keep a loaf of bread outside the door uh 
right and we did this almost across i think 1000 houses uh, right uh, and every time it was you know like some people would even wake up you know they would open the door and they say aap kon and we'll be like uh, you know aunty bus hum we are new bakers try kar lena if you like it great if you don't like it you know so we eat kind of uh, but i think that that experience was was great um, so though it was a challenge but uh, that customer learning and feedback was something uh, which was great and the second one um, you know i would say to add as a challenge was uh, i think we we obviously were a bit naive in the retail sphere uh, ashwin uh, you know it's very easy to say you know we started prabhadevi it was doing well bandra kems corner and we said okay let's do one thing let's put 10 stores across bombay uh right uh, and that's when you realize that you know retail has its own cost dynamics uh you know uh, and we realize it's a very very neighborhood product you're not going to travel more than maybe 1 km for a loaf of bread right that's also a stretch uh right uh, it's not like a jewelry or a or, you know clothes which is a dedicated purchase so uh, so i think these were some realizations learnings challenges that we faced that is i think those early learnings are actually that set the tone for the rest of your journey right because the things you learn from those initial 100 right uh, customers they literally give you it's like an mba in retail or an mba in product design or whatever it is so i i read about this concept called the law of 100 right like if you if you want to create a fantastic product if you want to create anything at least meet 100 customers 100 readers 100 purchases whoever it is and you will learn so much from them about your product that you will not learn from any other market research you can't hire an agency and ask them to figure it out it's that in person uh learning that you get is nothing that replaces that uh, so aditi while uh, these challenges would have you know uh, taught you a lot uh, tell me a, a few proud moments uh, for you and sne at the baker's dozen so mine is a little bit of a personal one to be honest uh, i i grew up in a slightly industrious family in ahmedabad so i was always known as my father's daughter or my uncle's daughter Then when I got married to Snee and moved to Bombay, uh, most of the people I knew they were through him, so I was always known as Snee's wife. And when we started uh, the Baker's Dozen, uh, in within a few months, people started knowing me for me. And you know, when you move to a city like Bombay, which is so massive, and you create your own identity, where they think bread, they think of you, and they say, "Acha, you are Aditi's friend. Acha, you are Aditi's uh, cousin. You are Aditi's father." That feels really good so to me. as a woman as an entrepreneur as a newcomer to a city like bombay i found that to be a very big uh, motivation in life that is i think one of the best things i've heard and uh, i relate to that very closely uh, is because you have a very weird last name right um, so and somebody meets me like back in the day like i i, I studied in ut austin uh, i did my mba and then i came back to india i was the good son uh, and i worked at my parents business anywhere i went the minute i gave my card introduce myself the conversation would turn around my you know turn and it could be around my dad or my mom and something that they did and my uh, father had taught me this concept of the sun and the moon right the sun gives out light moon only reflects it and about 6 uh, months in the business i realized that hey i'm now only the sun right mm-hmm. and, uh, literally i mean figuratively yes i was the sun but literally i would be the actually other way now figuratively you said literally i was obviously sun but uh, i actually left the business and i'm not in kidding you in 10 seconds so it was a 10 second conversation but i literally said these words in aquatic i'm never going to be the sun i'm always going to be the moon and he understood what i was saying he said okay go for your own thing right and uh, the proudest moment i had is uh, when i actually came on bbc 
and uh, for the first time ever my uh, dad saw me on tv i come on to you before but he had never seen me but he saw me on the bbc for the first time and you know he was like super proud of me and that really changes and you know then you know like hey all this was all this trouble that you're going through was kind of worth it in your head in the right direction so i think that's a fantastic proud moment i'm really happy you shared that with me uh pasne any other proud moments any other any different proud moments uh from a you know from the brand point of view ashwin see uh, you know you can get awards you can get uh, those things right but for me you know the days that i really love the most is when we open a store you know that that first day so you know we just opened our store in bangalore um, and this is our biggest store till date uh, two weeks ago and that first one or two days you know when customers walk in and either they are you know just wow by the experience or they'll come and tell you you know oh we just had this yesterday you know from there or something like that i think that that customer love is unparalleled right that the high that it gives you uh, you know awards and all have their own place but i think i think that high is different and as long as you enjoy that high and that customer love is what drives you yeah. i i don't think you'll ever run out of steam right uh, so tell me uh, snare tell me a little bit about any upcoming projects that you have any new products anything new that you're planning that you want to share so uh, ashwin what has happened over the last one year right especially kind of obviously you know covid shook up a lot of things uh, but in our case uh, what it kind of gave us was gave us a very clear focus and direction to the brand now um, where uh, you know we are now clear that we want to go down the d2c route uh, we are already on our way we have grown from uh, three stores to 40 stores in the last one year uh, right uh, and and now the plan is so you know the idea is that we should be in most pin codes in major cities in india present directly as the brand mm-hmm. uh, right uh, you know retail has its place uh, partners have their place we will continue to work over there but the brand love that you get as a d2c brand and especially in the bakery segment where nobody has done it till now uh right uh, so that's the main i would say you know the project in a way and the next 2 3 year plan right uh within that obviously you know then you support it with uh, digital infrastructure we are you know website app uh, we are working on a data science capability in house uh in terms of machine learning and ai to actually predict both uh, so customer retention and john and things like that and also you know being a perishable product manufacturer we need to look at demand forecasting right uh, that's where the crux of the business is for us uh, you know you have to draw that fine line between overstocking and you know uh, losing out on sales right so these are very interesting projects that are ongoing and uh, that's why i think this last one year and the next two years are going to be the most exciting till now So I, I love the fact that as a bakery and as a uh, you know a, a bread company, you actually are looking at data science and ML and those you know very interesting things. And uh, it reminds me of uh, something I saw uh, two years ago. It was a video, and I, I think it was Kunal Shah from Cred uh, who said it. Hey, in the next five years, no matter what business you are, if you do not have an in-house technology team, you will perish. You will not see the next five years. right and uh, so funny enough we are a laboratory but we have a 20 people in house tech team and we are creating so much of what our processes are all in house we are creating all our products in house our own crm our own erp our own everything 
is an in-house and the leverage it gives you is fantastic. We're able to do so much more because of that. I'm so happy to hear that you guys are doing something very similar. And by the way, when you do roll that out, the computer nerd in me would love to do, play with it, tinker with it and see how you have done it, right? So uh, thank you, Shai. That is just fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, Aditi, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, if you could go back in time, right? You could travel back in time. The three things you tell your 18-year-old self. So, very honestly, uh, I if I had to go back in time and say something to my 20 year old self would be to continue doing whatever I was doing at 20, which was studying a little bit, but having mm -hmm. lots of fun. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important because, uh, you know, I kind of got all the musty out of my system at a time when it, you could get away with it. And now when it comes to really being able to concentrate uh, on your uh, on your family, on your work, and you get a little, little time to be by yourself and really enjoy, mm -hmm. uh, I feel very satisfied that I got to live that part of life. So I always say, it's good. Whatever you did was good. Don't really change much of it. Awesome. But anything else, any other learning you want to share? One more learning that you want to share? Or like, if you knew that then, uh, things may have been different or something else you want to go back and tell? So I, I feel, you know, at that point when I was studying, I was enjoying studying, but I was not really falling in love with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that happened uh, only towards my final year uh, when I had a professor who, like, I really was enjoying what she was teaching and getting very excited by it. And I felt that if people can find, uh, even when they're studying a subject that they're passionate about, they will learn so much more. Not the, not the exam tech marking, uh, actual learning that you do when you mm -hmm. read a subject. Mm -hmm. That is phenomenal. So something that uh, I have been doing for the last 10 years is every single day at before I go to sleep, I write down something I've learned that. Day. And yeah. if I have nothing to write down, if I didn't learn anything, I actually stay up, like I do not fall asleep till I don't learn something new that day. And it could just be something as simple as a recipe, like because I make breakfast for my kids, so hey, like tomorrow I'll try this out or something. Yeah. Something new doesn't always have to be work related. And that practice has literally changed the way, I, the way I work and operate because I can always look back and be like, oh, two years ago when I learned this and I have a habit at least once in a week, kind of look into the pages and see what I've learned in the past. And I have found that uh, to be super, super different. That is so true because I feel at this point in life, I'm just so greedy to learn and it, I will find opportunities anywhere. And maybe if my 20-year-old self was as greedy, uh, life would have been a bit more different. But I think that, you know, that greed, that first for knowledge, uh, that knowledge is very, very important. Very true. I, I love how you said greedy to learn. I'm going to <laughs> yeah. I love how you phrase that. Uh, so Sneha, tell me a little bit about a superpower you and Aditi have, uh, individually or together, that most people may or may not know. Uh, one thing which uh, Ashwin, so, you know, in a partnership and uh, obviously, you know, being husband, wife, you know, that kind of has its own uh, you know, added complications in our case, uh, especially with the business. Uh, but uh, when I talk about Aditi, right, uh, the one thing is, so she's extremely passionate about the product, which is a fact which is quite well known now. And, you know, everybody knows that about. But where I'm amazed by her is that she's equally grounded or detail oriented when it comes to business. So, you know, you can have pro people who are very passionate about the product, uh, you know, and they'll be like, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to sell this, you know, this is my ingredient, this is the costing, etc, etc, right? 
uh, and actually most discussion she is the one who's asking me what is the roi on this right so and uh, and you know i'm i'm supposed to be that person right but you know like i'm like no we have to do this you know i'm on my own high and uh, and aditi is like you know that the grounding that is required ki you know uh, before you kind of fly off into the sunset in a way uh, right so uh, so that uh, that combination is something which is i've i've not seen anywhere uh, it's always good when uh, the person you're working with compliments you compliments your strengths uh, that just amplifies what you all can do the kind of impact you can have So I, I liked how you told me something about Aditi. Why don't you share something about Sne? I think that's a better way of doing it. So asking you what's your superpower. Why don't you tell me about Sne's superpower? So I love it how Sne doesn't have a limit when it comes to his dreaming. You know, like he he just come up with the most ridiculous idea and say, "Okay, I want to do this." And I realize this is like practically can't happen. And he's like, "No, no, no. This is something we're going to do." I mean, today we're making a handmade bread without using any preservatives, and this is traveling all over India and uh, giving a sustainable shelf life naturally. All this has happened because some day Snee decided that I want to go pan India, and I was like, no, I'm going to be very zippy. My product can't have preservatives, and I felt because he dreamt something, and I felt like, okay, I want to find a way to execute it. There was we came up with a fabulous product out there. So I love it how he can dream without any barriers. the combination you all have reminds me of uh, me and my wife my wife uh, dr priyanka she is also uh, my co-founder and my ceo i remember about 9 years ago we were operating prakadevi unique uh, industrial estate you know we had like this 800 square foot uh, unit like three units put together 890 square feet and uh, i remember then standing in front of a smaller team and making the claim saying hey in the next two years we are going to move into our own building You know, it's going to be a twenty thousand square foot facility, and everyone's looking at me that they're like fifteen, twenty people. Like, how the hell are we going to afford it, and how are we going to make it happen? So I made this big announcement, but she actually got down to the nitty gritty, sat with the architect, got everything done, and we were actually able to build uh, Equinox Center today, which is a twenty thousand square foot facility and one of the larger ones in the country. Right. So it's it's you need the dreamer, but you also need the doer. Right. If you have only one of them, sometimes it doesn't work. So I'm glad that you have that dynamic uh, duo. you know going on and i think that is what is going to help you all uh, to scale new heights right so adhiti tell me a little bit about your work life balance i know you have two kids uh, twins twin boys uh, that will be handful then you have a dog and how do you manage uh, all of this how does that work it's a very difficult challenge and to think that i manage it is probably just fooling myself i don't think i manage it i happen to just you know accept reality for what it is but uh, I think I have a fabulous family and a fabulous team who supported me through a lot of the difficult times. When I got pregnant, I had to take a few months off work, and my um, manufacturing team really took over everything, and they did a fabulous job. Once uh, the kids were born, I took a year and a half off work after that. And uh, again, me and my team were very hands-on. They said, "Listen, if you need the time to be a mom and enjoy that and experience that, it's totally okay. We'll manage the work front." and when i had to get back to work and it it's very very difficult for a woman to get back to work uh, not just from the whole operational aspect but there's a huge guilt that you feel of abandoning your child and coming to work and i think this is where uh, uh, my parents and snee's parents really helped out with this is you go to work and we'll look after the kids we'll take turns so i felt like there was a really good support system for me and 
that is more than what I can ask for. And obviously, there are days when you you want to be doing more work and you can't, or you want to be spending more time with your kids and you can't. But you know, that's part of life, and you accept it. You will never reach the ideal. You just try to be happy with what's the best you could create. And you, you also, I also negotiate with my kids accordingly. Where I tell them, listen, I have to do this. You have to do this, and they learn to figure that around too. And we are all happier for it. So I've heard the phrase it takes a army or a village to raise a child. I think you must be having two armies or two villages to <laughs> make that happen. So I have two kids and they're not twins, but they're uh, you know three years apart. And it actually does take a small army to you know to make sure that they're fine and they're having fun. So uh, what is the uh, you know how is that affecting work? Are your kids involved in work? Do they come into the bakery? Do they? I know they're very small, but are they you know? Are they trying to be involved? Are they like you know understanding? Do you use them as guinea pigs with new breads? <laughs> so they love eating our cookies. If uh, that makes a difference, but uh, no, not really. See, the past year and a half has also been really difficult because they've not really gotten out of the house. Um, I don't really feel comfortable for them to come to the plant and things like that right now. But uh, where I feel like you know after a long day of work, when you come home and you. See the musty that they've been up to, and they're obsessed with sharks and whales. And when they show you a book and say, "Mama, I found a shark, and I know what's in the ocean," you feel so good. Like you know, what's name mentioned when you meet a customer, you get such fulfillment. I feel like I did a great job at work, but once you come home, you realize your kids are all that you really want. Everything's worth it when you see them. Absolutely. So uh, last three days, I've been literally staying at work uh, because we were going through an audit, and I wasn't supposed to come back last night. Uh, at around eight eight thirty, uh, my daughter sends me a picture, uh, her writing in sand saying, "I miss daddy." I literally, I was like, I told the team, like, "Hey guys, can you you got this?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah, we got it. Don't worry, you know, you can come back tomorrow. <laughs> you can come back later." I literally left and I came back and I was back home at ten o'clock at night uh, to put them to sleep. So I, I know how uh, you know kids can kind of you know having kids pulls you, but it also uh, I think makes you do better. And uh, for me. It's made me a better person. It's uh, somebody actually asked me, "Hey, what is the you know impact that you want to have? What is the legacy you want to leave behind?" While the impact could be okay, make water, food, air safer. The legacy could be, "Hey, having kids, uh, you know, who are fantastic human beings, people, you know, children who care, uh, children who are you know proud of the work you know you do." And I think that would be the best legacy that we can actually leave our kids. So, uh, Snail, tell me a little about uh, mentors. Do you have mentors in business? Uh, are you all mentoring people? Like as you all grow, as you you know grew from one store to multiple, like what I think forty stores. Did did you have mentors in this process? Uh, absolutely. Um, so Ashwin, one is you know McKinsey that way was a great breeding ground for me. Uh, you know I think the kind of people that come through that organization. Uh, and you know the varied level levels of uh, you know thinking intelligence different viewpoints that you get so i think some of those folks you know have been very instrumental in the journey uh, till now i think one of our biggest mentors also has been uh, aditi's dad uh, as aditi mentioned ashwin so he actually teaches entrepreneurship uh, you know uh, he's been at i am amdavad for a long time and now he teaches across india across most institutes of repute uh, and uh, and you know one of the things that he's always very clear on the fundamentals of business right uh, what happens ashwin see when you come from a background like mine uh, you know there are there are batchmates there are seniors juniors you know 
and you know the landscape right now right people getting funded left right center you know uh, going through various cycles of growth and and when you are trying to chart a particular path which might not be considered you know the normal the new normal if i might say right uh, that's when you need somebody stable to say you know this is fine you know you're on the right path continue so i think his his understanding of these fundamentals and of mentoring i think that's just uh, fantastic uh, and what's also happened to your point on mentoring other folks right uh, so i'll give you one small example that we are doing now uh, ashwin so in our bangalore store we have actually launched a specific area in the store which is called friends of tbd uh, so what what we do over there is we are finding local startups so in bangalore we have found a few local women led startups actually uh, making very interesting products you know there is uh, there is somebody in essential oils there is somebody in uh, in artisanal syrups uh, and we are providing them a retail platform through our store uh, you know let them let them learn let them talk to the customers let them get feedback what aditi and me did ourselves 8 years back you know we would like to provide that platform so i think that's something which is working out uh, very well and it also keeps you excited right when you talk to people uh, which is for example what you are doing right uh, it's it's always great to talk to people who are at the start of the journey or you know moving ahead across uh, along the same way so i didn't know about the friends of tbd but that program sounds really exciting and i think you be giving platform and giving learning to so many new startups right who would otherwise take maybe years to get there you are getting them much faster and i think that's the biggest role a mentor can play in somebody's life right so uh, you you touched upon funding as an operation have you all raised uh, raised funds are you all looking to raise funds is that something you can share ashwin uh, till now we have we are bootstrapped or self funded uh, we have we have kind of remained on that journey and grown along the way along that uh, yes funding has its role i think i think it can be a great enabler for a business uh, absolutely no doubt about it i think we are still we have enough uh, you know internally in terms of to just push the push the envelope a bit more right we want to keep growing it to a certain scale i'm sure you know that there, there will be a day when that happens uh, but i think we still have you know enough in the tank to fire away that is that is awesome no because when you said you grew from 2 to 40 uh, i am like i think i smell an investment but may have just been delicious bread that kind of <laughs> and so aditi tell me about what is uh, what do next five years look like right for uh, tbb and for both of you what what do you see five years from now so what's really been great in the past year and a half during the pandemic uh, this uh, this chapter of sourdough that we opened up in the year 2013 and we were trying to educate customers suddenly that's accelerated a lot in the past year and a half eating healthy eating authentic has just become like a way people want to live life and that gives us a great platform to be able to ensure that everyone in india who wants to consume a bakery product whether it be a bread whether it be a cake whether it be a cookie that can have something good and authentic so i think going we are currently in eight cities uh, going deeper in these eight cities and then be, uh, developing beyond these eight is what we are looking at the horizon for the next 5 uh, years whilst we do this we want to be extremely on the d2c pathway where we a direct communication to the customer is always the best way where the brand can grow because that's when you really know what works and what doesn't work 
So I think it's 40, maybe 100, 200, 500, some such figure. Now it's about 400, yeah. So but when you said a D2C bakery, it reminded me, um, like in Europe, you know, everywhere you have these local bakeries and you know, you know the baker and you kind of browse around and you know, you take your time and buying bread is an experience. I'm glad for bringing that uh, you know, to India because before this, it was ribs or Britannia. And, you know, they have these couple of choices and not the healthiest of things. So, uh, and I love the way you put the word honest on your packaging. Right? Uh, it, it reminds me of this whole concept of clean label, you know, where you're very clear on what you're putting in it. Uh, you're very open about it and you're not putting any uh, preservatives and you're still get, you know, getting great shelf life and you're getting your products across. So I, I, I commend you on that. So uh, my last uh, question uh, to you, Sne, is going to be what advice would you give the next generation of entrepreneurs who are entering uh, the food business? Uh, so one or two personal advices and then one or two work advices, Ashwin. So first, you know, I would always say and, uh, uh, you know, maybe when Aditi was talking about the advice to the 20 year old self and if there's a guy who's starting off business today, first I'll tell him to take a six month or a one year break and just travel the world, go on a backpack, move out. Um, so I did that for three months only and I still think it was one of the best learning experiences I could have. Uh, I think the kind of exposure it gives you, uh, you know, the it's just about the sights and sounds, right? I, I think I think that just tickles off at that age a lot of, uh, you know, imaginary kind of, you just learn a lot, uh, right? Uh, so that would be one. Uh, from a food entrepreneurship point of view, uh, I think, you know, one thing which I've seen people maybe make a mistake in is that they assume that since me or my family likes a particular product, the customer or people will like it. Uh, right now, we, you know, uh, we come from a, maybe from, you know, backgrounds where let's say you're eating a particular food or, you know, a particular taste and you would say that that's what you know India should eat uh, but mostly you know it's always very different right and the reality hits you once you have actually gone out now yes there's a fine line between the passion but it has to be adjusted to that customer learning and which is where maybe you know the the concept of hundred that you were mentioning right so that you need to vet that out uh, and many times, you know, I ask, I, I'll ask somebody who's just starting off, you know, why do you think this will work? And they'll say, you know, I eat it every day. My family eats it every day. But I'm like, that's, you know, that's not reason enough uh, to start. So I would say, you know, do a lot of market research, uh, be passionate, but also be grounded on that. Fantastic. So Aditi, your last advice to somebody entering the field. I think whatever industry one starts a business is be it food, be it IT, be it service. I think it's really important that the pulse of the business, the, the core of the business is something that you're technically sound in. What, this could be any business, like you're into testing, you need to understand what testing is all about, how it is conducted, what machine works, what equipment works, what chemicals work and so on. Okay. So I think they really know your product and become a master at it. Second is when you talk to a customer, don't get into your defensive mode. Obviously, your first impulse is that, you know, because if someone's trying to criticize you and you've developed something with so much love, it hurts. But try to go beyond that, if not in that moment, in a moment later, to see what is that the customer was getting bothered about. Was it, was it that you were getting bothered about the taste or the service? 
or were they trying to explain a need which they also at times don't really truly understand so listen to your customer very very carefully and uh, try to adapt that into your business and then definitely you have a model that works so something uh, i've been doing for about 15 years is every time i interact with the client at the end i always ask them hey what else is troubling you if they're talking to me either they're doing something new or there's a problem or something went wrong and you know we're working on fixing it but the end up always ask this question hey what else is troubling you and the answers i've gotten have actually been the basis of us creating so many new services so different ways of doing something right and so you really hit the nail on the head especially i, I resonate to that completely but that's something i've been practicing for over a decade and it's served me served me really well so thank you both or you know for taking the time out uh, coming on the show uh, it's it serves as an inspiration to you know thousands of people who watch this show where they get to know that hey when you're creating a brand like this what are the inspirations what is the blood sweat and tears you need to put some of the strategies you need to deploy and when entrepreneurs share these insights it helps i think the next generation of entrepreneurs start out at a slightly more elevated platform i loved how you have friends of tbd and you're giving people a platform so I, and I, i would love to actually see that in multiple stores i'm assuming you started this in a bigger store but if this works i'm assuming all your stores will have this little corner you know where people can display products and you yourself will become the new retail store right so uh, and i love the sense of community that you're bringing around food uh, around breads around cookies and fantastic range of products sometimes i have an unfair advantage of seeing what is coming out before but uh, the innovation that uh, tbd has been doing is absolutely um, you know astounding and the level of quality that you have maintained because even you reach a certain volume i've never seen uh, any quality pay because again i'm a regular consumer of the product right so i actually try your products every day so i know uh, if something goes wrong you will get a call until then i've never called you or anyone at your team saying hey something went wrong so i think that's kudos to both of you and thank you for sharing so openly thank you it is so much fun talking to you you were like you someone very easy and fun to talk to and be honest with thanks a lot so uh, guys that was aditi handan snehan jain the co-founders and husband and wife duo from the bakers dozen they've shared so many different insights today please go learn at least one thing from them go apply it in your life and hopefully you will break new ceilings thanks a lot and see you in the next one